Open your Bibles again to Luke chapter 17. Our text verse is verse number 5. Luke 17 and verse number 5. And the, and the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. Have you prayed in recent days or months, Lord, please increase my faith? I'm going to preach this morning on this subject, the Lord's response to our request of a faith increase. The Lord's response to our request of a faith increase. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help me as I preach. I hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not a speech that I have prepared. Lord, this is a sermon truth that has been prepared. And I pray with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit would help us not just to hear with our ears and understanding, but may it go to the depths of our hearts and minds to the place that it would affect not only our thinking, but affect our behavior. I pray that you'd use the message in our lives and in our church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord Jesus has been teaching his apostles or disciples about two very difficult subjects. He's teaching them about offenses and about forgiveness. Imagine, if you will, if you were in a group of a dozen men where the Lord Jesus sits down and he says what's said here in verse 1 and 2. Look at it. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. And then he gives the result of those that are offensive. And the offense here is not just, I don't like what color you're wearing or, or, or the car you drive. He's talking about offending a child or keeping a child from hearing the gospel and receiving Christ as Savior. But he says, now, now you be careful. And he says this, offenses are going to come, but I don't want them to come through you. And he says in verse 2, it were better for him that a millstone. Now a millstone is a stone used to grind grain, to make it into powder. And, 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 and a millstone is the heaviest imaginable stone. He said it would be better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck. That would be one tough necklace to carry right there. And cast into the sea. Now, now, you threaten your employees before, but I don't know if you've ever told them that. He said it would be better for him. And then he said that he should offend one of these little ones. I imagine he has the staff's attention there that morning uh, when he tells them, I don't want you to ever do this, and this is the result. It would be better if a millstone were hanged about your neck and cast into the sea that you would offend one of these little ones. And then he goes from a very hard subject to yet another one. And notice what he says in verse number 3. Take heed to yourselves. I'm not talking to somebody else, he said. I'm not talking to you about your brother. I'm talking to you. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times. It doesn't say seven times in a year. 
doesn't say seven times in a month or a week. He said, if he trespasses against you seven times in a day. Now, you'd think a guy would learn after once, wouldn't you? Especially three times. But he says, if he trespasses against thee seven times in a day, turn again to thee, saying, I repent. Thou shalt say, it's okay, you're forgiven. It's okay, I'm not mad, you're forgiven. That's what I want you to do. Here's their response. Lord, increase our faith. It's going to be tough. In other words, I don't think I can do that unless you do something for me, unless you help to increase my faith. Now, he tells them in response. He tells them in verse number 6, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Have you, have you seen a mustard seed? They're just, just a little seed, like a poppy seed. Just a little mustard seed. If you had faith that small, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. And what the Lord Jesus is telling them, don't wait for me to increase your faith, to not be offensive to others, keeping them from the gospel. Don't expect me to increase your faith so that you can forgive. I want you to use the faith you already have. Take that little bit of faith, and begin in obedience. And you know what he's telling them here? Don't miss the message. We learn that we get our faith increased when we obey. We don't get our faith increased so we can obey. Let me say it again. We learn that we do not get our faith increased and then obey. But we obey and then our faith is increased. Now, there are many folks that are using for excuse to say, well, I just don't have enough faith. And God is saying, you don't get faith to be obedient. You're obedient to increase your faith. Now, that's a challenge to us this morning. That's the message. You say, I don't have enough faith to do that. Well, be obedient in what faith you have. Get started. You may not uh, be able to go all the way, but if you'll get started, I'll give you faith to complete what I've instructed you to do. Anything that we look at in the Word of God that God commands us to do, we're able to do it. You see, God's commands are His enablements. And sometimes we look at them at such a challenge and say, I don't know if I can do that unless the Lord increases our faith. And the Lord's response to our request of a faith increase is, you increase your obedience, and after you increase your obedience, then I'll increase your faith. Now that's the message this morning. I'm not finished, but that's what I'm preaching this morning. Let me repeat it in 22 different ways in the next 25 minutes, and then we'll be finished. Now, let, let, let's think about maybe six different commands that God gives us. First of all, you have to believe to be born again. Whosoever will believe, he said, he that believeth in the Son hath everlasting life. And so the command is, if you want to go to heaven... You have to will to receive Christ as Savior. Whosoever will. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he tells us that if we're going to be born again, we must believe. That's how I got saved. I simply believed what he said. Uh, second of all, we think about this thing of following Christ. And that's what a disciple was. is one that had forsaken the world to follow Christ. Uh, can I tell you, that's not just for 12 men. God calls all of us 
to forsake worldliness to follow him. Not everybody's called to be a preacher, not everybody's called to be a missionary or a disciple as these were, but we're all to be disciples of Christ. Are you with me this morning? At number three, we're supposed to rejoice. You know, rejoice is a choice. Many, put folks, uh, many folks put rejoicing as an emotion. Rejoicing is not an emotion. It can be emotional, but it's not an emotion. It is a command of obedience. Uh, the Bible said in Philippians chapter 4, uh, Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. You know what that means? I'm supposed to praise God because he deserves it no matter how I feel. Amen. You know, if you get a raise in your job, you say, praise the Lord, God's good. If you lost your job, he's still good. Amen. And so we're supposed to rejoice in him. Uh, here's another command. We're to let our light shine. He says, don't put your light under a bushel. But he said, a, a light is to be put on a candlestick for all in the house to see, for everyone to be able to see you and I as Christians. We're to let our light shine. At number five, we're supposed to love others. We're supposed to be giving and caring about others. Life is not about what we can get from everyone else. Life is what we can do as a Christian to be a blessing to as many people as we can. We're supposed to love and give. Number six, we're supposed to forgive. And that's what he's talking about here. I could give you 20 different things that we're commanded to do, but here's six basic commands. You may look at those, believe, follow Christ, forsake the world, uh, rejoice, let your light shine, love, and uh, be a blessing to others. Number six, forgive. You may look at those and say, boy, I'm going to have to have more faith to do those. God said, no, you need more obedience. And then I'll give you faith. You see, faith doesn't come first and then obedience, but obedience comes using the faith that we have, and God increases our faith. Let, let me tell you about what the Bible says about forgiving. The Bible tells us here about forgiving a brother. But there's another step. The Bible said not only forgive a brother, it says forgive an enemy. But he said there's another step. I don't want you to just forgive your brother. I don't want you to just forgive an enemy. I want you to repay evil with not a knuckle sandwich or getting even. I repay, repay evil with good. Now, that's a graduated level of forgiveness. Now, how do I get there? Well, I just decide if God said I'm supposed to forgive my brother, I just forgive him because God said to do it. Then the Bible says I'm to forgive even as Christ forgave. Christ didn't forgive his brother. He forgave wicked sinners. He came into the world to die for sinners. He forgave and we're to forgive as Christ forgives. How did I get there? By learning to forgive a brother. How do I get to the next step? By learning to forgive an enemy. And as I'm obedient, God increases my faith. So many times we use an excuse and say, Lord, I need more faith. And God said, I need more obedience. You say, but I can't get there. Well, take one step anyway. Start going there, and as you go, I'll increase your faith. Take your Bibles and go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll be there in just a moment. 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 31. Uh, we don't get faith for obedience. We get faith from obedience. The word temptation is used in the Bible in two ways. You can tell which way it's being used by the context of the verses around it. The word temptation, of course, is understood as a temptation to sin. As the Bible talks about in the book of James, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. But the word temptation in the Bible also means the trying of our faith. 
So you have to read the context to see which way the word temptation is applied. I want to talk to you about the temptation that's the tempting of our faith. How do I make it through when God tests my faith? Lord, give me more faith. And God responds and says, give me more obedience. And as you're obedient, I will increase your faith. Notice what he says here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you. Now this temptation is a trial of your faith. A trial of your faith. Difficult things happen and you say, I just give up on God. God said, no, 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 don't give up on me. Your faith is being tried. You'll see that I'm still in control. Have faith in God. So there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able? Notice these words. But will with the test, with the temptation, doesn't say before, but with it also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Take your Bible and go to First Peter. This is toward the end of your Bible. First Peter chapter 1. Notice what the Bible says in First Peter chapter 1. Now we learn in First in Corinthians 10, 13, we learn that no testing of our faith uh, is uncommon, but everybody faced the testing of our faith. And with every test, God will give a way to escape as we are obedient. Now keep that in mind. As we're obedient to His instruction. Don't stop and say, well, I just can't do it. You know, sometimes we're like a two-year-old toddler that just says, I can't. And the truth is, the interpretation is that is, I don't want to. Sometimes we tell God we can't, but God says you can. You say, God, give us faith. God said, you start walking, you start obeying, and I'll increase your faith. Now notice what he says here in 1 Peter chapter 1. Notice in verse number 6, 1 Peter 1, 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. This is the trying of our faith. That the trial of your faith. That's where I learned that. The Bible has a built-in dictionary. The best commentary on the Bible is the next verse. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. He's saying here, just as you take gold that has dross within it, if you put it in the fire hot enough to melt the gold, you can separate the dross. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to make you more pure. You say, boy, I dread that furnace. I dread that trial. I don't have enough faith to go through that trial. Lord, give me more faith. God said, you give me more obedience. But I need faith. Start walking. All right. Now can I have more faith? A little bit, but you take another step. Keep going. We're waiting on God when God's waiting on us. We're waiting on God when God says, just move forward into what I've asked you to do. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. 
Uh, up to this point, Abraham had been waiting for a son, he and Sarah. They had been promised a son. They would be the father of a great nation. And uh, finally, after many years, in fact, when it was too late for Abraham to father a son and Sarah to conceive, uh, she was too old, he was too old, uh, God miraculously gave them a son. Sarah conceived, Sarah had a son. Now this boy is growing, and I want you to notice what happened. Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt to Abraham. Again, we see this word tempt as a trial of faith. Not a temptation to sin, it's not a temptation to lust, but he is testing his faith. God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee unto the land of Moriah, oh my goodness, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Oh, Lord, I can't do that. I don't have enough faith to do that. But you'll find that while Abraham may not have had enough faith at this point to take the son's life as a burnt sacrifice, Abraham had enough obedience to prepare for the journey. He had enough obedience to make the three-day journey. He had enough obedience to put the wood in place. He had enough obedience to put the boy on the altar. And then God said, wait a minute, Abraham. Abraham didn't have a hard time hearing God. By the way, God didn't want Isaac. He wanted to know if he still had Abraham. When God asked me to sacrifice something, he's not asking for what I have. He owns it all. He's asking to see if he still uh, uh, owns me. And so what we find is, and what we learn throughout the scripture is, Lord, if you'll give me faith, I'll be obedient. And God said, if you'll be obedient, I'll give you faith. Take your Bibles and go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Are you still with me this morning? Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Let's start in verse number 20. This is a man who has a son that is possessed of devils, and he's coming to find the help of the Lord Jesus. Verse number 20. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child, and oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. The father says about the son to Jesus, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe... All things are possible to him that believeth. Verse 24, and straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, notice the rest of it, help thou mine unbelief. He said, I don't have enough belief to see it through, but I have enough faith to get started. Immediately, 
He said, Lord, I believe. Now, he didn't stand here and say, I'm going to have to have faith to get started. He didn't do that. He said, I've got, I've got enough faith to get started. Lord, help mine unbelief. And can I tell you something? The boy was healed as a result of the father's request and his faith in the Lord Jesus. Now, I don't know what the area is in your life that you need more faith, but you don't get more faith by prayer. You get more faith by obedience, and every step of obedience increases our faith that we may continue in the work of God. God gives every man a measure of faith to begin with. I'll read this verse to you, Romans 12, 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You have, enough measure, you have a measure of faith enough to obey to get started. You know, I didn't understand everything about salvation when I got saved. But I just called on the Lord to save me. You know what he did? He took the faith I had and he saved me. My faith has increased through the years. I, there have been times my faith has been challenged. I remember when my dad got me a paper route and I got up early in the morning. I'd have to sneak by the rooster. He was still asleep every morning, 4 o'clock. And, uh, and uh, I'd run the paper out. Then on Saturday, you go to door to door and you collect the money. In those days, they had a metal ring and everybody had a, a card with their name on it. And you had a hole puncher. If they paid you, you, uh, you, you punched it. That was paid. And if they didn't pay you, uh, they, they dirty, rotten skunks, you threw their paper out in the front yard instead of on the porch. And uh, I didn't do that, but I was tempted to. And uh, good service. Got to take care of those customers. And so uh, then I... I collect the money. I laid it on the kitchen table. I laid down and my dad showed me. I laid the bill down. Uh, the Courier Journal is a paper that I delivered in hazard and I laid that down and then I took the money out to pay the bill and the rest was mine. And I said we have to take care of the gas. Oh. So we took that out. Then he said the rest is yours but 10% of that belongs to God. Really? 10%, boy, I don't have much left. They got a big bunch. You got a little bit. I got a little bit. Now, son, you just do what you're supposed to do. I didn't tithe because I had faith. I tithe because he said to. You know what happened? As I began to be obedient, God began to bless. You know what my dad said? You know why your paper route's growing? Not just because you're going around and getting new customers. God's blessing your faithfulness to give and tithing. That excited me. That increased my faith. Now, my favorite story about tithing, today's message is not about tithing, but evidently God has somebody in mind today. And uh, my favorite story about tithing is John. And uh, John told me one day, he said, Dad, I've got to go to the store. He, I said, why? He said, I'm running out of my birthday money. I said, well, well you're saving it, aren't you? He said, well, he said, I tithe out of it 10% every week. He took the balance of it, ten, ten, in fact, I think it's a good idea. Uh, I, I said, no, son, you just tithe of it one time, the rest of it's your, oh, and he looked at me like, now you tell me after I give it all away. <laughs> but you see, faith doesn't come for obedience. Obedience comes for faith. 
as we're obedient to Christ, he increases our faith. Now, I don't have time to go into great detail, but let me just give you a statement about each of these. We believe for salvation, and when we do, our eyes are opened to the things of God. In every step of obedience, he opens our eyes more. The Bible says this, John 7, 17. Think of the words, short verse, think of the words. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. You know how I learned the Bible? I obey it. You don't learn the Bible just in the classroom. If I learn in the classroom and I don't obey what I've learned, I'm going to get stuck. But as I obey what I've learned, he teaches me more. You see, the key to the Christian life is just be obedient. Just step forward. You say it doesn't make any sense. doesn't have to make any sense. If God said it, it works. We just step forward in obedience. And as we do, God increases our faith. Quit standing back here saying, Lord, increase my faith. We're almost saying, you do it for me. God says, I saved you to serve. I saved you to do it. Step forward in obedience. Let's think about this thing of following Christ, forsaking the world, becoming a disciple of Christ. Uh, you may say, I need him to increase my faith so I can forsake worldliness and follow him. Jesus says, forsake the world and follow me. And as you do, I will increase your faith. Think about this picture. The disciples, they left all. They followed him. Now these men, their faith increased. There were many times of doubt. There were times of failures as they served Christ. There was one time Jesus said, as there were 5,000 people out there, and uh, the disciples said, Lord, they're hungry. They really didn't care about the fact they were hungry. What they were saying is, Jesus, you've been teaching long enough. That's what they were saying. You read the verses. And he said, uh, how much bread do you have? And they said, we don't have enough. Do you want us to go to town and buy 120? Uh, uh, you want us to go to town and buy the food and bring it to these people? He said, I want you to take what you have. Five loaves and two fishes, 5,000. I mean, we don't have enough here to feed Peter, let alone, I mean, we just got a little boy's lunch. Well, take what you have and do what I say. They didn't start shouting and say, guess what Jesus is going to do? They're sitting there saying, I can't believe this, but I'm going to do it. They start dividing the bread. They start dividing the fish. They feed 5,000. They're 12 baskets full. Their faith wasn't increased before. It was, it was increased during the process of obedience. Those disciples came to the place they died for the cause of Christ. They, they didn't have the faith to die when they were called, but as they were obedient, they came to the place they died for the cause of Christ. You and I can do what God says to do. Think about this matter of rejoicing. Do you know you and I can rejoice in tears? You, you, you don't have to be giddy. Uh, you, you, you don't have to uh, be all bubbly to rejoice. Sometimes my heart's broken. He's still good. Sometimes I'm disappointed. Things don't turn out the way I wanted them to turn out. God's still good. I can rejoice in the Lord. To rejoice is a command. To rejoice is a choice. You say, Lord, if you'll help me, if you'll give me more faith, I'll rejoice. God says rejoice all you can, and I'll give you faith to increase, uh, 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 to increase and you can rejoice more. I don't wait for faith to increase. I increase my faith 
by obedience. Let your light shine. You and I have a tendency to hide our light under a bushel. We have a tendency to be quiet about the Lord. Sometimes I'll sit down on an airplane, and uh, most of the time, and, and, and I'm not used to, and, and to all of the headphones and all of that. I have hearing aids now that are, are Bluetooth, so I've upped my game in that area. I don't know how many folks I've been sitting beside before asked me how I was doing, and I said, I'm doing fine, and they look at me like, I ain't talking to you. You ever done that? I mean, they're on Bluetooth or on a phone, but they, they don't have that phone up there. And sometimes you, you do that two or three times, you get shy about speaking to somebody about the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will say, you're going to give him a track? Uh, he's busy. The Holy Spirit says, you're going to witness to him? Uh, he's asleep. And the Holy Spirit says, are you going to just preach or are you going to obey half what, I what you preach? Okay, Lord, all right, okay, I'll do it. How are you doing today? I'm Pastor Fugit. I'm from Clay's Mill Baptist Church. Where are you headed to today? Sometimes he will ignore me. Sometimes he'll turn. And sometimes it is an appointment with God. I can't tell you how many folks I've led to Christ. I can't tell you a few weeks ago, uh, the uh, NFL, the agent for Randall Cobb sat right over here in church. I met him in an airport, witnessed him, already a saved boy, already saved, and uh, other, others that, but can I tell you something? Let your light shine. Lord, you'll have to increase my faith, God said. You increase your obedience first. You, you wouldn't believe how many times me, nervous about giving a track. I give a track, and God increases my faith. I begin to talk. Then they land the plane and say, could you wait a few more minutes? We're not finished here. <laughs> Our faith increases with obedience. I'm saying today, quit waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Take a step forward in your rejoicing. Take a step forward in letting your light shine. Take a step forward. I've heard many folks say, I just can't forgive. You can forgive if God said to do it. Do it. And then your faith will be increased. Stand with me this morning. I'm finished preaching. You're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior. You ought to trust Christ as your Savior today. You say, but I can't. You can. It's just a decision to make to say, yes, I receive Christ as my Savior. Maybe you're here today and you've been saved but not baptized. There are several folks here this morning, some committed already to be baptized. You ought to join them this morning. Maybe the decision is for you to become a member of this church or rededicate your life to Christ this is church. This is spiritual activity. God's dealt with your heart. You ought to make a decision for Christ in just a moment, the invitation time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us to understand this morning that our faith is increased by our obedience. And while we may not have enough faith to complete the task, we have enough faith to get it started. And as we move forward, Lord, you increase our faith. You increase our faith. Help us to just be obedient to let our light shine. Help us to be obedient in the matter of forgiveness. Help us to be uh, uh, obedient in the matter of loving others. Help us, Lord. We do need our faith increased. Lord, help us not to wait, but have it increased by our obedience. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen.